Okay. Um, well, I'll just, I have a little intro about the author, so I'll just read that. Um, Michael Cardos grew up in New Jersey. He graduated with a degree in music from Princeton University. He has an MFA in fiction writing from Ohio State University and a Ph.D. from the University of Missouri. He lives in uh, Starkville, Mississippi, and is the co-director of the creative writing program at Mississippi State University. Besides tonight's novel, Before He Finds Her, Michael Cardos has written two other novels, uh, Bluff and The Three-Day Affair. He's also written a short story collection, One Last Good Time, which won the Mississippi Institute of Arts and Letters Fiction Award. Of tonight's novel, best-selling author Jeffrey Deaver wrote, Brilliant, Before He Finds Her is one of the most innovative and compelling thrillers to come along in recent years. Read the first page and kiss the next 24 hours goodbye. Bravo. So why don't we uh, see what everybody thought of the book? Well, we see LaDon is here, and I'm glad because he, he, like all you ladies, is very perceptive readers. I feel the same way as Jeffrey Deaver. Um, it was a great thriller. Uh, I didn't, I'll say that now the witness protection program, I kind of figured that out. Something's wrong here. You know, some, and the, you know, the letters from the marshal, that the whole, something's wrong. But I, I couldn't put my finger on it. And uh, it was just a thriller. You know, with, with, is somebody going to kill her? You know, will Ramsey kill her, the father, and so on and so forth. I, I think it was a great book. I'd like to hear what others say, and certainly I'll add along the way. Thank you. Yeah, I like this book a whole lot. Uh, it wasn't a lot of crimes and killing. There was, there was a killing, but, I mean, that wasn't what the book was about. And uh, like uh, Bob, I uh, thought, hey, there's something wrong. Uh, as soon as she left, out on her, got out, went out on her own, uh, going to look for her dad, I started thinking, something's wrong with that uncle. I don't know what it was, but something's wrong with that uncle. I didn't even place the fact that the uncle was one of the guys in the band until later in the book. I don't know why I, I mean, his name was Wayne. I don't know why I overlooked that. Um, one of the things I liked about the book was that instead of being a typical poor female victim, Allie wasn't really a very nice person. I mean, she'd come on to Magruder, and he rebuffed her, and she got all enraged, and then same with Wayne. And I kind of liked that. That was a nice, that was something that was different about this book compared to a lot of thrillers. Well, the, um, yeah, the band, that, that it, it catches up to you that he was in the band. But the question I have of you guys is would Ramsey, of course, at the end, when he when he leaves, he takes off to go fishing or where he said, he, oh, no, I love her. He's on the boat and says, oh, I love Ellie. Is it Ellie, the wife? I love her very much. But, you know, he also talked about wait, wait till tomorrow. Let's have this party and then wait. I wondered if Ramsey was going to kill her. I, re- I really thought that was the way it was going to end up. And he was running. Uh, because he's talked about, maybe you guys can help me remember it, where um, he said, tomorrow will be different after this party. What was going to happen? I mean, what what did you see was going to happen there? 
Well, he had that whole bizarre end-of-the-world theory going, and I forget what it was called. I was going to ask you guys if it's a real thing. I'll have to glance at my notes when I'm done talking. But I thought he went out on the boat because he thought the world was going to end, and that's where he wanted to be, to watch it. And no one believed him and took him seriously, and that's why he thought tomorrow would be different. He didn't think there was going to be a tomorrow. He thought it was the end of the world, and then instead he ends up drowning. Yeah, I... You know, I have this problem all the time whenever I read mystery or thriller books is I tend to get a little bit lost from the plot. Like at some point, I I just can't follow the plot. And that happened to me in this story with Ramsey when he was in the water and he drowned. I, I couldn't quite figure out how he got there. And then I couldn't figure out, you know, did he witness his wife being killed? Because um, I didn't think he was the killer. So I, I figured he, maybe he witnessed it, but then why did he leave his daughter? That was what confused me. So Sherry and I talked about it a little bit, and she was explaining to me what she just said to you, which made more sense than my theory, which made absolutely no sense. Um, but that's one thing that I always tend to have problems with in, in mysteries is I tend to lose the, the plot a lot of times. The other thing that I always find difficult about mysteries, and I think I'm in a minority on this one, is that they tend to have a lot of extreme personality characters. Like in this story, you had um, Uncle Wayne, um, who had a very difficult childhood, and he had sort of a savior complex, and he wanted to save Melanie. And then you had um, Ramsey, who thought that if the stars and the planet aligned in certain ways, that that foretold the ends of the world, which I think is an unusual way of thinking. But then you also had Melanie, who every time she hit on a guy and then the guy rejected her, like David Magruder, or she hit on Uncle Wayne, she, you know, she like couldn't deal with it kind of. So to me, like, I thought it was like a little bit too many extreme characters in one story. I, that was... So those were the two things that I thought were, you know, the, well, the plot thing is just my own thing. I tend to lose it. But just the, the extremeness of some of the characters I think I found a little troubling. Yep. Uh, there is such a thing as that. They think where the planets all align. Uh, and then the gravity is supposed to add up and suck everything off of the Earth. And that's um, how that Earth was supposed to end. Everything's supposed to be get sucked out into space. When he went, got out and went on his boat, he thought the world was going to end. And when he got out there, the boat overturned because there was some, a lot of a storm coming up. And when he did, uh, the last thing uh, it said about him was he felt uh, water getting in his mouth. So it uh, kind of left it up a little bit for a while that, of whether he uh, drowned or what. She imagined... Uh, that her father had uh, got away and was somewhere um, being a fish guide in uh, Central America or someplace. But that wasn't really what happened because he had to drown else he would have come back. Uh, Well, he knew his uh, marriage was over because his wife was telling him, I want a divorce, I want a divorce. But he loved his daughter and he would have come back for his daughter had he... uh, not drown because he did not know that she was killed. He didn't know she was murdered. He just thought she was there going to give him a divorce so he would have come back. And even though there was um, 
uh, a divorce in sight for him. Uh, he still had his his daughter, so he had to come back and started driving trucks. He didn't, so he had to, so he had to be dead. That's what I figured. And uh, the character that I liked most was um, what was his name? I can think. Uh, he. Uh, the reporter in the bed that thought he was having a heart attack, they told him, oh, you're dying, you've got two, three days to live. So he writes up that blog and everything, and then what do you know? He starts getting better. Yeah, he was Arthur Goodale. He was, I think he probably was my favorite character. I thought he was, I thought he was very realistically drawn in the story. Um, he just seemed, like he seemed, seemed to me like an old journalist, like an old newspaper kind of a guy. Um, and, um, and, and I liked him and he was very sharp and he kind of saw, you know, Melanie's situation, one, two, three. And I also liked the female detective. Her name was Isaacson. I don't remember her first name. And I, I thought, I thought when he did those parts of the story where he had like the detective or the journalist and stuff, I thought he did really well, um, with those kind of characters, like the more realistic characters. Um, but another thing that I wondered, and maybe it's just me was, you know, Melanie, she said she wanted to go find out what happened to her mother and her father, well, not her mother, but her father, um, because she didn't want to spend her life in hiding. And, you know, I, and I thought to myself, that that's a pretty brave thing to do because everybody's saying such terrible things about her father, that her father killed her mother, and here she is, and she wants to go find her father. And I, I don't know. I mean, I thought it was—I thought it was pretty brave. I think to take that—that that risk, especially since she was so sheltered, where she was living with her her aunt and uncle, um, you know, so sheltered that they wouldn't even let her take out a library card in the library. So it, it was—it was interesting that she took that leap. I thought it was very brave of her as well. Arthur and the detective were my favorite characters. Arthur was wonderful. He figured her out slowly, step by step, and then finally she says, Miller, I think it was Miller was her last name, and I'm the one, you know, and he says, aha, you know, but he had trailed, he followed this murder for 15 years, and I'm glad he didn't die, and I'm, I'm glad he went to dinner with the family, and then finally died, you know, but it was a good uh, ending, um, and um, so it was brave. Here's, here's a girl going back to the scene of the crime to try to find out what happened to her, her father. And uh, and so forth, uh, and she. But the father was really bad, Ramsey. I mean, he climbs up the poles. He gets a job and goes up the the, the telephone pole and gets in trouble. He can't hold jobs. And Ellie was was the final find that night nurse. He, you know, she brings some reality to him. But he's always on the road. You know, and uh, Ellie's pretty. She flirts a little bit, but she's okay. She's a good mom. Um, but again, I guess he, I want to be clear. I know about the world ending. You're absolutely right there. But he, um, the, the question is, had he not drowned, would he have come back for, for the daughter? Because he thought his marriage was over granted, but I'm not clear that the world was going to end. So he's escaping. I mean, what happens to his daughter and his wife, whom he says he loves very much and is going to make up, make it all up to her. So I, I wasn't quite clear on that i know why that he went fishing because the world was going to end but he he was going to leave his daughter and his wife uh and but maybe that's ramsey's weakness in his life he was not a strong character and not a very good father in my opinion always on the road and so forth well it's interesting because i didn't think of him as quite as that bad other than his nutty theory 
um, I thought he just thought everybody was going to die quickly and he didn't want to be there when they died. He thought it was going to be pretty instantaneous or something. I don't know. But I think he would have gone back if he hadn't drowned because I think the whole reason Melanie went looking for him is because he was a good dad and she knew that he loved her. Otherwise, she would have been scared of him and she would not have gone looking for him. If he had been the kind of dad that beat her up or something like that, she would not have gone looking for him. So I think she loved him and wanted to find him for that reason. She was probably one of my... She was a character I really liked, too. Again, like all the rest of you, I liked the journalist best. One thing I liked in this book, the way the author wrote it, was I liked the fact that he didn't make Melanie a brilliant investigator. You know, she bumbled around and blew it several times, and I thought that was just totally realistic. She wouldn't have just gone out there and been brilliant from day one. And I, I liked that aspect of the book, too. And I liked the fact that she stuck with Philip and married him at the end, because I thought he was a really good guy, too. Yeah, I thought uh, Melania was an uh, awfully well-behaved girl, I guess, most of the time. Uh, I, I would think that uh, my kids would be climbing out the windows before they were 17 years old, uh, trying to get out. If you try to keep them, you only can go to school. Come right straight home. Don't talk to anybody. Don't have any friends. Don't do anything. Well, about 12, 13 years old, they'd have been sneaking out, saying, oh, there ain't nothing. He ain't coming around. She'd have been sure, sure of that. I, well, my kids would have been anyway they would have not done that but at 17 then she finally decided to go out but I wondered you know she went and uh, put gas in her car run all over rented rooms and everything uh, and she had a bank card where she was charging everything to her bank card I didn't uh, pick up that she got a bank card anywhere and I was wondering how in the world is she paying for all of that Yeah, there was a bank card. My only idea is maybe when she left, I don't think she stole Wayne's bank credit card, although he does track her down. You know, he goes to the motel or whatever in uh, her town, uh, Silver Bay or whatever it is. I don't know. Well, you guys are maybe I'm harder on Ramsey, but I, I think he was really a loser. He was very lucky to meet Ellie and she gave him a normal life. And uh, yes, he had a baby, and I think as much as Ramsey could love, uh, he's throwing this wild party, which he really couldn't afford, inviting neighbors that that, that he didn't even know, right? Uh, you know, we haven't even gotten him a Gruder, who was probably the worst character of the bunch. Uh, but I don't think Ramsey was such a great guy. I wouldn't want him as my father. But I'm, Jerry, I'm willing to listen and be instructed here. I, I think he was a loser. He was, he was, I know, and then when he got into the world's going to end, he really flipped out. Yeah, I, I didn't like Ramsey at all. I thought he was really volatile. Like, he was had all these horrible, mean thoughts about people. He would almost get into a fight. I, I think he was down at the docks or something, or when he wanted to get a boat or something. I don't remember, but <clears throat> he almost, you know, he was thinking all these horrible thoughts that he wanted to fight with this guy and whatever, and I thought he was... You know, I, I thought him and Allison were kind of a mismatch. I mean, she was a pharmaceutical rep, and she was um, she was very ambitious, and, you know, she had, like, you know, all the, she was working in a flower shop, and she was on the soccer team, and she came from a very conservative type of background. Um, and his background, I think, was a little bit different than her background, so I did think they were sort of a mismatch. Um, and but Allison, like I didn't understand her character because she was so, 
sensitive to rejection. Like when David Magruder said to her, you know, I'm married and I'm going to stay married and my wife is going to help me with my career. You know, she just lost it. And even when then she kind of made a play for Uncle Wayne and, you know, and she lost it with him also. And, um, and I guess, you know, he killed her. It was accidental, it seemed like. Uncle Wayne killed her in an accidental way, which I was surprised that he turned out to be the killer because I wasn't sure who the killer was. I didn't think it was going to be David Magruder or Ramsey because those were the ones the story kept pointing us to. But I qu- couldn't quite figure out who the killer actually was going to be. So, yeah, I didn't like him either, Ramsey. I thought he was a, a really, really volatile character. Well, I don't really want to be in the position of defending him too much because, to me, he was sort of a stereotypical blue-collar guy. He probably would have voted for Trump. But I guess I just thought he did love his daughter, and I think he loved his wife. And I think he was, in a lot of ways, better character than his wife, who certainly had no loyalty to him or anything. Um but certainly David Magruder was the worst of the bunch. And by the way, I don't know if you guys noticed this, and maybe my memory's deceiving me, but they lived in a town called Fredonia. Wasn't that a town from a Marx Brothers movie? Really? No. Uh, Ramsey, think about him. His dad was terrible, beat him up and everything. Then he started getting in trouble when he was really young, got arrested for this and that and the other thing. And each year it just got a little little worse and a little worse until he had to go to jail for a while. And he was a drunk. But he uh, got off got off the drink, and uh, after he got fired from the light company for doing stupid stuff, climbing up a pole and everything and calling the cops. But he get, then they got the truck driving job. And it just doesn't seem like uh, uh, driving a truck over the road like that would be very conducive to having a good relationship, a love relationship. You're gone all the time. Well, there's going to be a lot of temptations at home for any normal person uh, some people will succumb and some people won't but just think gone three weeks out of the month three weeks out of every month it did say one time though that that was sort of like the a military job where you're going you know in a military that but i just thought boy being a truck driver is awful an awful job i would hate to have to have that been that and been out i think it might have been like way back in the west and the cowboys and they left and they got on the cattle drive and they went on and they had all this uh, dangers of uh, cattle rustlers and Indians and everything all the way and they were gone for a long time. That kind of life may, m- may be. But anyway he had a hard time f- f- clear from the time he was uh, uh, a child and he was trying to do the thing but he just got tangled up and it's kind of some kind of theory and he got to believe in it just like some people believe that the world is going to end and they drink Kool-Aid you know you just don't know what happened that's what happened He so he thought it, the world was going to go in uh, and his wife was mad at him he just go out in the water and let the um, world end out there uh, good analysis I wonder why uh, I thought someone else killed I didn't think of Magruder did it. I, I didn't think Ramsey did it. I thought it, uh, because she was a flirt, a little bit of a flirt. You might be if your husband was always gone. 
uh, and she flirted with Uncle Wayne, and he pushed her, and I think it was accidental, but he didn't know his strength, and she tripped over the tree or whatever and hit her head, and, and she hated men by the end. Remember, she was striking at him. You know, I hate men. You guys are all alike, blah, blah, blah. You know, she really lost it and uh, was was killed. But but uh, I want to know, again, it's been a while that I, since I read the book, Magruder's got to be the most unscrupulous person in history. I mean, he's awful. He watches her murdered, but he doesn't want to say anything because of his NBC job and all that stuff. And you remember when Melanie went to see him, he was so rude to her, the whole thing. But um, uh, why didn't why couldn't they charge him with anything? You saw the scene of the of the murder. You saw it, and you didn't help out because later he capitalized on it. What did he not? Did he not? Say, oh boy, this murder! I, I, we finally all found out about it, and he had big. Uh, he was on TV. Am I remembering this right? How come Magruder gets away scot free? Um, well, first, I was just going to mention that you know the story has two storylines. One is 1991, and one is 2006. And I think it was more common in 1991 to have people that had jobs that took them away from home. Um, because there wasn't, you know, all the teleconferencing and all the video conferencing and all the, you know, everybody working from, from their home computers and things like that. So there were certainly a lot of jobs. I mean, my dad, for many years, he was still working, I think, in 1991. He, um, you know, sold, he, was, he did sales, and he would, you know, drive around all the time. And when he first started working, he actually had the kind of job where, he would be away, you know, from home for two nights or three nights or four nights or whatever, and he did that all the time. He drove all around all over the place. So I, I think it was more common then. I mean, obviously, truck driver is that kind of a job where you do it all the time. But there were a lot of people that, you know, had to travel around because there really wasn't the same reliance on computer technology and, and cell phones and all the stuff that we have now. Um, and um, with, with regard to Magruder... I don't think he did anything illegal because I don't think that you you don't have a responsibility to be a good Samaritan, which is what he would be doing. I mean, obviously he should have called up. I mean, at a minimum he should have called nine one one. Not everybody, I think, wants to get in the middle of violent situations, but certainly he should be calling. But I don't actually think legally that he has a responsibility to be a good Samaritan. Um, which is what he he would have been, you know, in that case, in in in, in interfering. I don't know for sure, but um, and you know, you'd have to prove it. I mean, he would have to acknowledge that he saw it, and um, or somebody would have to, you know, say that they witnessed it, him doing it. But then they would have witnessed the crime themselves. So I think it would be a hard thing, actually, to prove. Um, and the other thing I was just going to mention is at the end of the story, I think both the aunt and the uncle were charged with um, kidnapping um, Melanie. And I was a little surprised that they didn't, like, sort of allow the the aunt to get sort of a a lesser kind of... Like, she seemed to get a pretty stiff sentence as well. And I I just... I didn't know, like, if that would actually happen, that both people would be charged with the the same kind of type of sentence. But maybe I'm not remembering it correctly. Yeah, this is Don, and I I really enjoyed the the book, I thought, though it was hard to follow, I had to start and restart several times, but the Ramsey was just a typical background and lifestyle of a possible serial murderer. I, I just thought he was the one all the time, 
And it was really, it was a real shocker. And I think they did give the aunt a hard sentence. Uh, that, that was pretty rough. But what was the significance of that thing with the turtles in the park at the end? I, 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 was that supposed to, you, you expected something to happen. Well, didn't, um, when she was a really small child, she used to go to feed the turtles with her dad or something? I seem to remember her going to the park to feed the turtles. So maybe it was just a pleasant childhood memory or something like that. And I think in some states you can be charged with failure to report a crime. But like Michelle said, you can't be forced to help or intervene. But, again, he would have had to admit that he failed to report the crime or somebody would have had to rat him out. So he probably, and that's probably just a misdemeanor anyway. I didn't, I thought the aunt got a lesser sentence than the uncle, but it was still a, a harsh sentence. I'm surprised that, like, Melanie couldn't have, like, spoken up for them and they would have gotten off or something, but, you know, apparently not. Yep. Uh, yes, uh, they fed fed turtles when she's a little a little child a baby he'd take her her daddy'd take her out and let her feed uh turtles out there magruder i had him pegged for the murderer I, I i didn't know i thought there was something wrong with the uncle but i didn't know what it was so i thought magruder probably did it right until right till the end and uh he saw him through the through the fence holding the fence there and he went up there and saw what was happening but when he was in the police department and that lady uh, detective was uh, questioning him and she was trying, uh, doing the questions in such a way that he wouldn't ask for an attorney and she was leading him and uh, when she finally trapped him he said would there be anything if I didn't report the crime if I didn't say anything and um, I, I, I didn't know if she, the lady answered that question for him and I don't know if they ever got in trouble but he did fess up that he saw it so if there was, if it was a crime which I don't think that might have probably then you just didn't report it um, but unless it was uh, lying to the police because he couldn't explain where he was that that, that day when the police uh interviewed him twice but that lady detective was very very skillful in keeping him and he keep, well I gotta call my lawyer yeah you go ahead go ahead and call your lawyer but wait a minute there's one more little question to get something here straightened up and she was very good and at last uh, when he when she got him in a box and he was and he uh, knew that uh, uh, she he was caught he said well is there, you know, what a, anything illegal about not reporting it? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna hearken back to my days when I taught law for youth. Let me give you a simple one. Uh, Betty is on the sideline and Kathy is drowning. Betty sits there, does nothing. Is she guilty? Yes, she would be. It's it's a it's a moral in California. You you would have to at least call nine one one. Betty didn't have to jump in. And save Kathy or whatever the girl. But but Betty can't just sit there and say, ah, I'm out of this. I think she'd be in big trouble. And David was obstructing justice. He lied. He sh- I'm amazed that he got off or whatever. I think they were so happy to solve the murder because that detective was outstanding. Uh, and that's what I said. How, how come he got off free? 
and it, and makes news with it. He takes it and, and does a t did he do a d TV show saying I, I practically solved it. He was a horrible man. He saw this woman being murdered. You can't just walk away. You, you at least call nine one one. Maybe you're afraid because the murder Uncle Wayne could have killed you. I'm not asking any of you to fight Uncle Wayne. He was a big dude, but certainly he saw it. And and he has no. I have no sympathy for him. Absolutely none. And apparently he did get away with it. That she couldn't do anything to him. I don't know the laws in that state, but uh, I think in California there would at least be obstruction of justice. And the aunt. At first, I felt sorry for her. Well, what did she do? But wait a minute. Remember, guys, when they kidnapped Melanie and um, Uncle Wayne drove all night, dropping her off at the a girlfriend. Then she was the girlfriend. That's kidnapping. That, that, that's kidnapping. And then let's get married. You know, let's get married and we'll raise the baby. You know, she should have got eight years. And even Melanie, Melanie wouldn't even talk to her. She w- went to prison and visited her and walked out of there. She, that girl was a prisoner for 14 years and the wife, um, knew about the marshal's letter and all that. You can't tell me they, they, that she didn't know what was happening. So, uh, I think she should have got eight years or whatever it was, and she's not going to talk to Melody and her children. Uh, so I, maybe I'm just being conservative in my old age, but there was definitely obstruction of justice, but Magruder rode high and got away with it. Well, I totally agree that the aunt should have had a harsh sentence because clearly she knew about the kidnapping and she was a participant in it. So I don't have any sympathy for her either. And it's interesting you had mentioned that drowning example because there was a real-life example of that in some state. I don't know what state it was, but a couple of teenage boys watched somebody drown and just stood there and made fun of it and took pictures of it and put it on Facebook. And they did get charged with something, and I think it was not failure to report a crime or something like that. Because, again, like you said, Bob, they weren't expected to jump in the water and help save the guy, but they were supposed to call 911. And they never reported it even after the fact. They just left the scene and never told anybody. They just put their little cutesy video on Facebook, and they were clearly despicable characters. But, yeah, I wish Magruder would have gotten something, too. I don't. I don't remember that he obstructed justice. Did he lie and say he didn't see it or something? If, if so, then yeah, they should have gotten him on that, the, the scumbag. Excuse me. He did lie. That was the whole problem. He was, when, Not when Isaacson had him. Years ago when the, that, um, you know, that Arthur was really a bird dog on the case, he said, no, I wasn't there. I No, I don't know anything. You know, that's lying. That's misleading the police. That's all I'm going to say. Yep, then I agree with you. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. I wish I would have liked to have seen Magruder get in trouble and get in jail time. Yes, uh, remember a case a few years ago where they had the the videos of it. This, this guy enticed this little girl into. She went into the ladies' room. He followed her, and his friend saw it at one time and said, "No, he didn't need to report it. He, he, he molested the girl. They got got him on them." But the guy that said that on the radio, and they they weren't going to let him in the university. I don't know whatever happened to it, but the people were. He looked like he got away clean. He could have stopped that. And one more thing, I, I Don came in, but I'll I'll give him a commercial. You read Jesse and Fremont would never home. He, he was. He would leave his marriage bed and say, I'm going out to be a pathfinder. You know, that's another review. But guys, you're right. Guys have jobs where they're away from home, you know, and I won't I won't tip off the story. You know, Jesse mostly was a inner mind. Well, I won't tip it off. But 
but my point is, um, it's he had a job as a truck driver at a time with that marriage and with his shaky background. He should have been home, even if it was just playing in a band and trying to make a little money. But that that truck driving job and and uh, uh, Michelle's absolutely right. People drove trucks; they were away. You're right, salesmen, honorable guys, and all that. But marriages could take it. There's Ellie's and Ramsey's suffered. And the only thing they loved maybe was Melanie at the end, the little girl. I, I, don't, I don't think even if Ramsey was home, that marriage would have worked because I, I thought they were just a real mismatch, the two of them. You know, she was just really ambitious and she was trying to pull herself up and, you know, and, and whatever. And he, he really just wasn't. Um, so, I mean, I, I, it didn't help that he was away from home all the time, I'm sure, but... I just don't think they, they really belong together. Um, not that I thought that Allison was such a great character, because she, really, she was more ambitious than him. But, um, you know, I, I think neither one of them really was, was portrayed as a particularly, you know, one, wonderful character. Um, and the only thing about all the examples that you're mentioning is, is that somebody videotaped it, somebody put it on Facebook or wherever they put it on. So there, there's some actual concrete proof of the actions and in this case, you know, you, you would have to be able to prove that Magruder saw what was going on. So unless, you know, the police detective was interrogating him or something like that, um, and he, he said something and they could somehow prove that he was actually there, or maybe he did a television show about it and he said that I was there and I witnessed it. Michelle, I'm sorry, I just wanted to say, he did, he fessed up. He told the detective what he did. He, did, he told her, that's the best proof you can have. He said, and I interrupted her, and I'm sorry, but he, did, he that's proof. He, she got the proof. That's why I don't know why maybe in that state it was not considered obstruction of justice, but it was unscrupulous. It was, it was awful. That's my point of view. He did confess. Okay. Well, I, I, you know what? I read the book a while ago, to be honest, so I, I don't remember. If that's correct, then, then they have the proof. I'm just saying all the examples that you're saying, that everybody's saying about videotaping and stuff like that, well, then they have proof that the person was there and that they witnessed a certain thing and they didn't do anything about it. But you, you do usually need some sort of proof. And if somebody just, you know, somebody witnesses something and they don't say that they witnessed it, um, you know, unless somebody took a picture of them or something like that, I'm not always sure how, how you could prove, you know, that, that kind of thing. But certainly he should have called 911. At a minimum, he should have called 911, that's for sure. Well, this might just be a flaw in the book. I mean, she should have, or he, the author, should have explained why Magruder was not charged with a crime because he did say that he was there. So he should have, the author should have had a little paragraph well, too bad in this state we can't charge you with something or something to explain this because clearly we're all wondering about it. So it clearly was not made clear in the book, and it was a flaw in the story, I think. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. But, uh, Allie, you know, and uh, that marriage, that was just a, a, a marriage of young love, wasn't it? He was in a hospital, and... She's bringing flowers up uh, from the flower shop, and she sees him, and she gives him flowers, and they just come so enamored, enamored, oh, I can't say that word, with one another, you know, and they just fall deeply in love. 
but it was a young love and it wasn't a lasting love especially on her side and I think it was on his side but he was caught up in that in that idea and so the the you know other than that, being a truck driver and being a kind of a uh, bozo you, you know uh, I think he loved her I think he loved his daughter matter of fact I know he loved her because he talked about her even then he was going to say okay I'll forget about David and you can have him and the world's going to end anyway but it was just a, a, a case of young love and that, that was a not love that last yeah I think that's a good way to put it they were enamored of each other and you know got married too fast probably I think if, if Ramsey had stayed home more I think she still would have cheated on him and I think maybe the marriage would have ended sooner, which maybe would have been a good thing, and maybe she wouldn't have been killed. Absolutely, I think you guys are absolutely right. I agree with Michelle when she says the marriage would probably not have made it had he been home, and I, I, I really agree with that. Uh, but the party, think of the party. This guy's crazy. And even Ellie, she didn't play the, the hostess, did she? She, you know, until Magruder came and she smiled at him. And even then, Ramsey knew and he, he ridiculed him and the Magruder leaves. And then she runs over to his house. So, But the point I'm making is, can you imagine? There, there's some neighbors that I don't want at my party. I know some of our neighbors and they're nice people. But they're, he invited everybody. They, many of them didn't even know him. They, they came for the, the booze and the food and, and the band, which was lousy, as I, as I remember, or something with the band, anyway. You know, but imagine if he, now he's doing it, I guess, because he thinks the world will end tomorrow. And she, Ellie doesn't even understand why he's doing it. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I thought the, the party was kind of strange. I mean, he didn't seem to have a lot of friends. So I think he was just kind of walking around the neighborhood and inviting anybody he was down at that dock or something, and he invited the guy that he was talking to there, and the guy thought it was kind of strange that he was inviting him to a party when, you know, he just met him five minutes ago. So I, I just thought he was he wanted to have some sort of a end-of-the-world celebration or something like that. Um, would you say that you the author has written other books? Would you say, would you read other books by this author? Um, and, like, I don't read a lot of mysteries. If you read a lot of mysteries... How would you say this mystery book compared to, you know, other type of mysteries that you read? I don't think I'll remember this book uh, for a month or two. So uh, I wouldn't really run to read another book if someone recommended it. If it was uh, a book for one of these uh, discussions, I probably uh, would. But I wouldn't be anxious. I don't go out of my way to, to do it. But as far as the party, remember... As far as he's concerned, this is the end of the world. And what he's going to do is try to make things right with everybody that he knows or doesn't know, everybody there. He wants to be straight. Now, maybe maybe he's thinking about going to heaven or something, and he wants to get right with the world. And that's why he's throwing this party. He wants to do something nice for all these people uh, up and down. But then... After after that, it got kind of why it was a a, a trap for Frank uh, for uh, oh no I got his lost his name uh, Frank no uh, David uh, right for to get to catch David and his wife but it was the end of the world and he was trying to make things up and that's why he was doing that and his band was going to have this one big 
gig. You know, they never were any good. They were never going to have a gig. But this was this chance to have one big gig and go out with a big bang. And, and at the same time, he could make it up with all of his neighbors. Well, I've got, I've got, that's good, a beautiful picture. Only one thing, Ladon, he forgot to tell Ellie about why he was given the party. She, she didn't buy into it. She, she didn't talk to anybody. She sat on a, a blanket with her daughter, right? Until David came. And then he, and by the way, then he forgets why he's at the party when he uh, ridicules David from the stage. So, I mean, it's, it's a little strange, you know, and I'm sure if she had, let's give her a credit. She might have been a flirt, but she had more sense than he did. So what is he doing? You know, we don't have this kind of money to buy all the food and all the things he's doing. And, um, I, I'm not, she heard about the end of the world because he preached that, but. I, I don't know. It just seems like she did. Somebody forgot to tell her. That's what I'm trying to say. The reason for the party. Yeah, I don't think he really consulted her. Um, I think he just did it like Ladon said. He wanted to go out. You know, he wanted to have this one big chance to show off his band and stuff. And I found it puzzling. And maybe it's just that I don't remember. It's why he left the party. Um, I think if he thought the world was going to end, you know, maybe he would have wanted to stay there but on the other hand it made sense that he wanted to go out and be alone and watch the sky and so I, I thought that was a little confusing too and given he didn't care about money because he thought the world was going to end but uh, clearly she did and she wasn't going to play hostess to his party he didn't leave the party he left after his wife told everybody was gone after that little blow up with David and she went over to Davidson and came back and everybody was gone and she, they were sitting on the steps and she said I want a divorce I'm going to get a divorce this is it this, I've had it and you're gone and that's when he went and got in in the boat but I thought Bob put his finger right on the thing it was a little strange I'm glad you said that, Ladon, because I had forgotten that. That makes a little more sense that he left after the party. <laughs> it was straight, but yeah, he, he he she says I want a divorce. He leaves, but then he and it, it is hard. Is it Melanie writing what she thinks? I, I think he did drown. Okay, but it almost sounded like Melanie thinking of the ideal father that he's not missing. Here's what happened. It, it's kind of in a, in a different zone, isn't it? You know, you, you don't, the narrator doesn't say, okay, Ramsey gets in the boat, it tips over, you know, Ramsey. And even at the end, they said, and Ramsey looked great, even though he was drowning. This was his greatest hour. Is, is that Melanie? I can't, if I could talk to the author, is he trying to say Melanie wanted the, the he was an ideal father? Is that what we're trying to get out of that? That's just the way she liked remembering her father, thinking maybe. That was what happened. She doesn't know what happened. He, as far as she's concerned, from her point of view, he's disappeared. She doesn't know that he drowned in the in the lake. She just knows he's disappeared all her life. She's been waiting for him to come back. Matter of fact, she got reports that he had been seen here, there, and around. Of course, those reports weren't real. But so that was just the way she kind of wanted to think things may have turned out maybe her father when she found out that her father really wasn't the killer maybe he had got away that was in her mind yeah i i thought it was sad she never with her father 
never know that. And that he wasn't the killer of, 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 you know, her mother. Yeah, I think, too, that, like LaDawn said, that was her ideal of her father. She liked, since she didn't find him, that's where she liked to picture him. I do, too. And I think the ending at the park where her mother used to take her the turtles, the whole thing, was a good way to wrap up the book, I, I think. And you, you like to think that she and Philip lived happily ever after. And uh, I forget what he if he was teaching again in that town, I guess. I don't know. But, you know, she made it. She suffered enough. I mean, imagine. I can't even imagine my, I'm with LaDawn, my son saying, oh, yeah, come straight home. You know, don't look right or left. Don't go to the prom. Don't do anything. And and the father takes her to McDonald's. After, they, she goes to the library and gets to read a little. And then he takes her to he guards her, Uncle Wayne. Uh, something's fishy. It took her long enough to figure it out, but she finally did and and took off. I thought it was weird, too, that in the middle of the book, Melanie dumps Philip because they go to the fair and he freaks out over a squirrel. He's scared of him or something. And instead of being compassionate, she just dumps him. And then luckily later she goes back to him. But that seemed pretty odd to me that she wasn't more compassionate about that. Well, I listened to a couple of podcasts with the author and apparently the story of uh, the squirrel is based on his real life. So when he was dating his the, his girlfriend, who later became his wife, very early in the relationship, they were someplace, and a squirrel came out of nowhere, and he got, like, freaked out, and he sort of jumped back, and he kind of left his girlfriend to deal with the squirrel. So he said that that was one of the things in the book that actually was based on his own his own history. Not knowing that, which is a good story. Uh I thought that was kind of weird, too. Well, he was afraid of, of uh, rabies, so he run, run under his shirt. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to protect you. But then he didn't take any time to break an out. But uh, a fear like that can take over. But I thought her reaction to it was to pooey with you. You know, you've had your chance. We're not going to, of course, she went back later. But that was what, at the time, and I thought, man, you're being awful hard. <laughs> he just was hella scared out of him, you know. And she's 17, you know, and they get that way. It was weird. I think Liz is here. I, at least my jaw says so. She started all this. I would like to hear her comments if I, if we could. First of all, yes, I'm here. My apologies for being so late. I was on a phone call, friends coming into town next weekend, and I totally, I'm so excited about seeing her that I totally forgot about the book club. <laughs> and it's my book. Um, I really liked this book because there was so many unexpected kinds of things that happen um so you know i'm not going to go back and and you know make you listen to it all but um the thing that uh okay see i guess i read it kind of literally and and i thought the author was telling us that that ramsey actually did pass out and 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 drowned out in the sea you know of the ocean um that he just kind of floated out to sea and died, and that's he wasn't alive all these years. You know, he, that he wasn't a threat to anybody. Um, the scene of the squirrel in the park, um, I did think that was a little weird, but what I thought was happening with Melanie is that her life had been so guarded and there was so much potential danger for her that if somebody couldn't handle a squirrel... Um, I think she would really needed. She needed. She was looking for like that 
savior kind of thing, somebody to kind of really protect her. And if he was too afraid of a squirrel, how was he going to handle at that time what she still perceived as a threat of Ramsey showing up one day? Um, I don't know. Has any? I'm again. I'm so sorry that I came in late. But have we discussed Allie at all in this and her role? Liz, yes, we did. But you can add to it. But Liz, the question that I have of you is Magruder, the most unscrupulous guy in history. I think. Did 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 he not confess to the detective that he saw the crime? And wouldn't he be guilty? I think in my state, he'd be guilty of obstruction of justice. He lied to the police. He misled them over and over. They'd get him. I had an alibi. I'm not me. And he saw it. I mean, he's horrible. He, he saw her murdered and he couldn't even sneak. If he was too much of a wimp to take on Uncle Wayne, he could have raced across the street and called 911 and turned him in. I know that would have ruined the book. But uh, d- did not. Am I dreaming? Did uh Magruder confessed to Isaacson, the lady detective, who was so good at interviewing at the end. I think he did. Yeah, you're right. He was, he was awful. I, I could. He was, <laughs> he was a sleaze. Um, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, we were kind of saying earlier. We think that's maybe a flaw in the book that the author should have said something about maybe he couldn't be charged in that state or why he wasn't charged or something and I I like the way you explained Melanie's reaction that totally makes sense and I was forgetting that she was only 17 and I think you're right she was looking for a protector of sorts and so the squirrel episode makes a lot more sense and I'm glad you listened to that podcast Michelle that's pretty funny that that was a true to life thing we did talk about Allie a lot I made the point that I, I liked the fact that the book didn't portray her as a victim like most books do with women murder victims I mean she was not the nicest person in the world she didn't deserve to be killed obviously but she uh, certainly wasn't a very nice person in her own right Liz what did you think of the relationship between Ramsey and Allison and also who, who did you think was the killer of Allison did you, who did you suspect did you think it was Magruder or did you think it was Ramsey or did you think that it was going to be somebody else I really did think it was Ramsey all the way through. I, I that one totally f- blew me away that it was Wayne. I was totally shocked by that, um, and I kind of I felt really sorry for Wayne. I mean, even though he killed her, um, but she kind of like was, you know, she she'd gotten turned down by Magruder, so she you know went to Wayne, and I mean she was pushing him and. He didn't go there with the intention of killing her, and he killed her, and, and I, I, then he had to go into hiding. I mean, I, I, it was a twisted thing. I felt sorry for him. Um, I, I don't know. The, the It's been a couple months since I read the book. This, the, the relationship between um, Ramsey and, and Allison, yeah, it was messed up. I mean, it was, there were a lot of problems with it. They, I'm not being articulate. I'm trying to recall exactly what I thought. But, you know, she was just, she didn't treat him well. And she she kind of stepped out a lot. And I don't know. It was, it was messed up. I thought that was a little bit fuzzy part of the book for me. Wayne did not go there to kill her. But I thought maybe it was a. 
crime of passion when he got carried away uh, so much of the anger that she was building in him so he got so angry that he grabbed her by the neck and, and choked her or was it an accident maybe when he, she fell back into the sin so he didn't really meant to kill her but what he did do was steal the baby so he killed her whether uh, on purpose uh, well I know it wasn't on purpose but whether just you know he lost it himself uh, anger so he grabbed her by the neck and choked her and she died from it but he did take the baby and and ran off so he deserved whatever he was come up and he was going to get at the end of the book and I never suspected that he killed her until the very end the author had to tell me I usually pretty good at guessing these things but I just wasn't there I knew there was something wrong the uncle there's something wrong that it was not nothing they that uh, not a couldn't a witness protection program you don't do that unless you're a witness to some crime and you're being protected witness protection they weren't protecting them from being any witness so i knew there was something but i couldn't put my finger on it and then when i found out he was the murderer that was surprising to me yeah real briefly because i want to hear the next book we, I do not feel sorry for Wayne. Was he dumb? Was it a crime of passion and he didn't know what to do? Maybe. But he kidnapped her and kept her prisoner for 14 years. And then when at the end, remember they meet? Was it by the motel? And he's going to, he's come with me, come with me. And she says, no. And finally, give me a few minutes then. Let me get ahead. And you know I'll get away. You know, don't even call the police. And she does. She, she walks into this. It's near the police station, I guess they were. And he, she walks in and says, he's, he's out there, and they got him. Uh, you know, he, he knew he wanted to run. And uh, I don't think he'd get away with that. I don't feel sorry for him at all. Okay, the only reason that I feel sorry for them, didn't Wayne and Ramsey kind of grow up in foster care? And Wayne's girlfriend, they all grew up in foster care, if I'm remembering correctly. And so in that moment where he, like, is trying to push Allie away and he, he kills her. I think it was accidentally. I don't think it was intentional. I, I think he just totally panicked and he didn't want their baby to grow up in foster care the way he was. Um, and he knew Ramsey was nuts. Um, so, yeah, I mean, ethically, he shouldn't have taken the baby. We all know that. But I think in that moment of panic, you know, he thought he was doing the best for the baby. Anyway, I thought it was a good book. <laughs> Well, when I think about the book having finished it, I should have known that it was Uncle Wayne who was the killer because in the beginning of the book, they kept talking about this was witness protection. And the one thing that I know about witness protection is that they never take you back to where you come from. And I remember thinking that in the beginning that he said that he was from West Virginia and they were living in West Virginia in this kind of very rural, you know, off the beaten track sort of area. But in witness protection, they relocate you to a whole other place, and you start a whole other life. And I don't think in witness protection you isolate yourself that way. I think they want you to, you know, to, to have a job and be sort of immersed in the community and not be like this weird person that lives, you know, someplace where everybody's suspicious of you. So when I think about it, it should have been obvious to me, although I never guessed the killer, that he was the killer because. Um, you know, but but he also, I thought he he had a little bit of a savior complex because he had had these horrible experiences when he was younger. So he grabbed her 
And he said, you know, I'm going to save her from, you know, this horrible fate because her, her father killed her mother, so she has no parents anymore, and I have to, I have to save her. Um, so when I think about it in retrospect, I probably should have put it together, but I, I totally didn't, didn't put it together at all. Coming in late, you don't know, but I think that uh, we all said we enjoyed this book. Not our favorite book of the year. But it was a nice read. I think I think we all enjoyed it. Oh, yeah, Liz, it was a good book. I enjoyed it. I, I hope he writes another book. What's the next book for August, ladies? Okay. Um, well, the next time we're meeting is Friday, August 3rd, which is uh, four weeks from tonight. And the book we're reading is called The Ice House. And the author is Laura Lee Smith. So those are three separate words. Laura, and then Lee is her middle name, and then Smith is her last name. Um, and it's called The Ice House. And I, I thought it was a really, really good book. Um, I would describe it, I guess, as a family story. Um, it's about a couple, uh, Johnny and, oh, I want to say Pauline, but I could be wrong. And unlike the marriage in this story, they actually have a very good supportive marriage, and um, she, her family owns an ice house in Florida. So part of the book takes place in Florida, and part of the book takes place in Scotland, which is where Johnny originally came from. And there's a lot of different parts of the story. Johnny is diagnosed with um, a pretty serious condition. And the way that he handles it, you know, I was like shaking. You know, he just, he handled his... His medical condition way different than I would have handled my medical condition. I, I feared for him very, very strongly. Um, and there's a lot of um, intrigue going on at this ice house. There's a, a lot of different uh, criminal activity going on. And then also Johnny has a very uh, strained relationship with his son who uh, is addicted to drugs, who also just had a baby with a woman who's no longer in the picture and there's all different kinds of strains. And his uh, first wife, who's the mother of the son, she's involved with the father. And it actually, there were a lot of different things going on in the story. But overall, it had a really, uh, like, strong kind of family feel to it. Um, and, I, and I really liked it. And I, I liked sort of the interesting settings in Florida and Scotland. I, I, I don't remember ever reading a book that had those two settings together in one story um and um it was it was a very good book so i, I hope that you'll have a, a chance to try it i think it was around 10 hours but I, I don't remember exactly how long it how many hours it is the db number for it is 88955 and i put it up in the chat window the title author and db number if i think it's f9 you had to go up to the chat window but again the db number is 88955 Okay, I'll officially end the recording. It was a great discussion today, you guys.